Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Talk Podcast. And let's start today's episode off talking about the Bulls, who defeated the set the San Antonio Spurs last night, one twenty to one oh nine, improving their record to thirty seven and twenty one on the year. Spurs now fall to twenty two and thirty six on the season. Huge performance from DeMar DeRozan in this one. 40 points. This is now his sixth straight game with 35 or, pl- or 35 or more points. It is now the third longest streak in franchise history behind Michael Jordan, who did it twice. Uh, but Bulls dominant in this one. DeRozan did have a tough first quarter, but really came out uh, in the second half and, and started to dominate. Nikola Vucevic didn't shoot particularly well. He went one for seven on his three point on his three pointers. However, in the paint and off post ups, he was dominant. Uh, put up 25 points, six rebounds, and five assists. Like I said, Spurs never really have a whole lot of paint, uh, a whole lot of paint presence, and uh, he was able to take full advantage of that one. Kobe White in the uh, Zach Levine absence uh, performed well. 24 points in 34 minutes, five assists, uh, or five rebounds, six assists. Io with 12 points four rebounds or uh, four assists and three rebounds so um nice victory from the bulls in this one uh they win they are now the winners of their last four they currently still sit in second place now only a half game back of the miami heat uh they'll be taking on the sacramento kings tomorrow uh that's so that should be a uh no that should be the final game before the all-star break here uh against the sacramento team who hasn't really gotten off to or is having is having a pretty uh pretty tough tough season so far they haven't really done a whole lot to change anything especially after their trade deadline move so um Hopefully the Bulls are going to be able to come out and win their fifth straight. Uh, like I said, second place in the Eastern Conference. Heat, however, have won five straight games. So uh, Bulls need to keep up the pace here. And uh, they should be in a really good position in order to uh, you know, go into the all-star break. So um, Bulls, hopefully, going to be able to pick up a win in their next one. Nice win over San Antonio last night. And now let's turn to the Blackhawks, who defeated the Winnipeg Jets last night. 3-1. Uh, good game from the Hawks, uh, especially for Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, he had 31 saves in this one on 32 shots. Another great performance from him. Uh, first period, Hawks went scoreless. However, uh, Patrick Kane opened up the scoring for the Hawks. And then later in the third period, Alex DeBrinkett and then Brandon Hagel with an empty netter uh, would seal it. Hawks now improve to 18, 24, and 7 on the year, while the Jets now fall to 20, 18, and 8 on the year. So uh good victory for the Hawks in this one coming off of that horrible loss to the to the uh uh set uh to the St. Louis Blues. We saw a big night from Jake McCabe. He really improved. He had a really tough game against the, against the Blues. Uh he had a really nice one in this one. Uh he had an assist in this one. He also was on the ice. When he was on the ice, uh the Hawks led in shot attempts and uh at 17 to 8 as well as scoring chances in 8 to 3 so um Really nice bounce back performance from Jake McCabe. Really struggled in that one against St. Louis. Uh, Hawks also really struggled entering the zone in that one. They had a 43%. Uh, they were only entering the zone at 43% uh, success rate. And then they ended up improving it in this one to 65%. So um, they definitely did a lot better than you just by the eye test. Uh, you could tell things were running a lot smoother in this one. Uh, but then Kirby Doc also with a nice nice performance in this one. Two points. Uh, he had two assists. He's been you no know, having a tough season, but uh, he was able to uh, you no know, he's able to get two assists in this one off of the uh, you no know, off of the uh, great play he made to uh, to Patrick Kane when he you no know, drove hard to the net, which ended up help uh, helping giving giving. 
Patrick Kane and a uh, wide open shot. So um, definitely a nice night from him. And uh, hopefully the Hawks are going to be able to keep this up. Their next game is going to be against the the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets on Thursday. Uh, last time the Blue Jackets and Hawks played, Hawks picked up the victory. So hopefully they're going to be able to do that again. And now let's turn to uh, some other news and the uh, potential of a Brandon Hagel trade. So uh, there's been a lot of talk around Hagel. Uh, he's been a very valuable piece to the Hawks and apparently he's been a valuable piece uh, on the trade deadline or in the trade block as well. Uh, as apparently the Hawks have been receiving offers for Hagel. They've apparently been uh, receiving uh, possible first round picks and top prospects and uh, in return would give up Hagel. However, the Hawks have uh, been very unwilling to move him. They are not willing to budge on uh, giving up Brandon Hagel, which is a move I don't really mind. Um, no, Hagel is 23. He can be a part of the future for sure, especially if the Hawks want to continue to try and compete with this team next season. Uh, he could be a big part of that future. Um, so I wouldn't mind keeping him around. He's you no know, fan favorite guy for sure. So, um, but if the Hawks are you no, know, if the Hawks want to take it in a rebuild when they, uh, you know, when they start up the uh, or when they go into the trade deadline, if they want to just try and you know take things into a rebuild and trade away guys, I think Hagel would be a nice guy who could you no know, nab him a nice, a nice, uh, a nice couple draft picks or some some nice prospects in return. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate it, but at the same time, uh, it would be tough to see, uh, tough to see Hagel go because he's a fan favor I really like uh watching him play he's an underdog story for sure uh, and then there's some other talk around Kirby Doc and the potential that he could be moved to wing uh, with the return of Jonathan Taze from the concussion protocols. Uh, so Doc has definitely not been the answer at center. He's really struggled in particular with his face-offs as well as just as a whole hasn't really you know, looked 100% healthy. In, and I think moving him to winger would be smart to try and you know, to try and get him um no, try and get him, no, take some pressure off of him, no, try and, no, not really force him to be, uh, no, to be the guy making every play, no, the center, center position is, is a really tough one to play, because you got to be everywhere, and that could be tough on Kirby Doc, so I feel like, no, if you move him to winger, you could be, you know, you could be in for a lot better performances from him, because I'm not saying winger is an easier position, but, um, I am sort of saying that, it is, it is not as difficult of a position as the center position is, because there's so much you need to do right, as a center, you know, when it comes to face-offs, when it comes to, um, you know, stuff like running a, running a four-check or, uh, you know, being able to break the puck out properly, you know, there's so much that goes on the shoulders of the center, and I feel like you could take a lot of pressure off Kirby Doc's shoulders if you were to move him to the winger, or move him to the wing. Uh, now I want to talk about the uh, about how Justin Fields and uh, Andrew Luck could be very very similar, and uh, how I feel like also Joe Burrow could be a cautionary tale to why the Bears need to give Justin Fields the most protection possible. So uh, we saw the Super Bowl, the Bears or the uh, Bengals had allowed Joe Burrow to be sacked eight times by the Rams, which is, uh, I think, tied for the most in Super Bowl history or in the game. So, I mean, horrible, horrible performance by them. Their O-line had done decently well. I think it was a lot of Joe Burrow just getting the ball out of his hands quickly. But, um, no, in this game in particular, when you have Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Von Miller, you're not going to be able to really succeed all that well. And we saw it in this one. And Joe Burrow did end up suffering a knee injury. He won't need surgery, but this is his second serious or, or big knee injury that we have seen Joe Burrow suffer in only his second season in the NFL. And I feel like him 
You know, there's been a lot of comparisons to Andrew Luck and the potential that, you know, if he keeps getting hurt like this, there's no possible way he's going to be able to continue to play. He's going to be retired early. And I feel like you could kind of relate that to Justin Fields a little bit because Justin Fields played under one of the worst O-lines in football this season. Um, He had no protection at all. There was no help from coaches to try and give him some more some more room to make some plays. There was just nothing. There was no help from anyone. So uh, I feel like Joe Burrow and Andrew Luck could be very easily, you know, very easily compared to Justin Fields and what could potentially happen if the Bears don't put everything they can into the offensive line. I know Ryan Poles is already pretty much guaranteed they're going to go out and make some big splashes uh, for the offensive line because they desperately need to. Um, So you know, I think he is, no, I think this is a priority. Obviously it's a priority, but, um, this is something that could definitely happen in Justin Fields if he's not given adequate protection. Cause I feel like, yeah, there's the possibility that we could see Joe Burrow end up like Andrew Luck, where he has all the talent in the world and he's, you know, he can win. However, he just can't stay healthy because he's never been given a, a good supporting cast around him. You know, Andrew Luck probably would have been a hall of famer, um, yeah, he would have been a Hall of Famer, actually, if he had not retired early. Uh, so, you know, the injuries caught up to him. And unfortunately, you, know, you, you have to blame the people around him who couldn't really put a good offensive line in front of him to protect him until it was too late and he had already pretty much lost love for the game. And Joe Burrow, same thing. You know, he, he had the offensive line. Um, you know, he hasn't had an offensive line put around him yet, and he needs to have one put around him. So I feel like Justin Fields... Andrew Luck, Joe Burrow, Burrow, they have a lot of no comparisons. There's a lot of similarities there. And there's a lot the Bears need to do this offseason in order to give him adequate protection. But that is going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. And I will see you all tomorrow.